And I, I'm more of like a silly stripper. Like I couldn't really keep a straight yes. face. Uh, but I gave I gave my central dance. I was Magic Mike, Magic Cap. I did it. It was great. It was a fun time. Um, you did a strip tease for Melissa? Yeah. Yes, because what what's happening because was I this was by like request? Yes. Because he kept asking me to do it and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, matter of fact, you need to do it. Yes. Put on a song and now it's your turn. And he had to do I it. Did. So he could just understand like it's kind of awkward. You don't really know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me not say y'all. Me, personally, I don't be knowing what I'm doing. They be all awkward and stuff. And I, it's very vulnerable. It's like a super vulnerable experience. So I was like, you should go through this as well. So, yeah. yes, please. It is now your turn. <laughs> I lost those underwear, though. They weren't really comfortable. I don't know how y'all do thongs. It was the worst. I was like, they you feel this in your butt the whole time? Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end, I said. Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast called The Same Damn Thing I Just Said. I am your host, Sham Boudram. I'm a sexologist and intimacy expert, obsessed with learning everything I can about sex, love, and relationships, including what you are doing in the bedroom and beyond. I am professionally nosy. On a personal note, I am a married woman. And this December, it's gonna be four years of us being married. And next October is going to mark seven years of us knowing each other. And if you also study sex and relationships, you might have heard of the seven-year itch. And this milestone is very interesting and exciting to me because biologically and historically, it is the year that passion dies in romantic connections. It is the year of divorce for many couples. And I'm going to tell you why I'm looking forward to that. This episode is about sex drive in long-term partnerships. We're talking about marriage because I'm my main guests, which is Kev on stage and Melissa Fredericks, AKA Mrs. Kev on stage um, are married, but really it's just about sex in long-term marriages in long-term relationships, excuse me. Now, oftentimes I talk to single people about marriage and sex. The big fear is the loss of passion. The big fear is that sex won't be as exciting and thrilling and as clothes ripping offing, lusting, frothing of the mouthing as it was in the beginning, that that feeling dies over time. And I want to explain to you, one, what that feeling really is, and two, why it dying is actually a positive thing. And I think that is the crux of what I wanna say in this episode, that I think we've got it backwards. I think that we are taught through rom-coms um, or through the definition of what love is in general, societally speaking, that we wanna keep and hold on to that passion. But many scientists will tell you that true love actually begins when that phase is over and we move into companion love. We've evolved three distinctly different brain systems for mating and reproduction. One is the sex drive, linked with testosterone in both men and women. The second is romantic love. We've been able to prove this is linked with the dopamine system in both men and women. That's what gives you the focus, the motivation, the obsession. And the third brain system is attachment, that sense of calm and security you can feel with a long-term partner. And I believe that if we switched it from dreading the loss of passion to looking forward to it, uh, we could save a lot of good relationships from ending prematurely. So what is that feeling? What is that I can't keep my eyes off of you? When you walk by, I just lose it. I can't stop thinking about you. Like that definition of love, what actually is that? That is actually a chemical cocktail and it is led by the hormone that we know as adrenaline. So adrenaline is released during the human stress response and it plays a role in enhancing attraction and arousal for humans. The hormone causes the heart to beat faster and stronger and results in a surge of energy and focuses attention solely on your potential mate. It gives you tunnel vision. It can also heighten feelings of anxiety or nervousness. And as a result, when we get these bursts of adrenaline, we get the butterflies in your stomach effect that many people again want to hold on to. So when you first get together with somebody, your brain wants to convince you that you have to select this mate over all other mates, that this person is extremely special and it wants you to become invested because through investment, you can get to procreation. So it releases this chemical in high doses along with dopamine and another chemical in the brain that kind of work all together to create the feeling of passion. 
interesting fact though, if you continue to experience this ecstasy, euphoria, sleeplessness, loss of appetite, obsessive thinking about the person, craving for emotional union, weak knees, maybe a pounding heart. Over long periods of time, you would actually drastically shorten your life expectancy. Because over time, persistent surges of adrenaline can damage your blood vessels. It can increase your blood pressure and elevate your risk of heart attacks or stroke. It can also result in anxiety, weight gains, headaches, and insomnia. Oh no. So just one of the many reasons why you should look forward to the passion in your romantic relationships dying down. And I think another really, really great reason is because that's when intentionality comes in. And furthermore, I think through that intentionality, that's when great sex and a true meaningful connection can also begin. Because now we're not on autopilot. Now we actually have to get behind the wheel and drive. And I often describe what happens in relationships when love shifts from quote unquote passionate to more companionate, which you can define as instead of falling in love, you're choosing to walk with love. When you go through that switch, you go from essentially being in a roller coaster where all you have to do is get in, get strapped down and throw your hands up and go for the ride to now it becoming a go-kart where all parties involved have to be very intentional and manual. You have to build it, you have to push it, you have to decide together where you are going to go. And again, I truly believe that that's where exciting great sex begins because that's where communication opens up. Now, a fault of the passionate stage of lovemaking is that there often isn't a lot to say because things are on autopilot. And again, because the thrill of it is sort of the, we don't have to do, we just feel an experience. A lot of opportunities are missed for people to say what they actually want or furthermore, what they don't want. So with that being said, let's move into the episode to talk to a married couple who I think has figured this out and their story of how they got together is to me kind of the perfect setup for a lifetime of incredible sex. So without further ado, I wanna introduce you to Kevin Fredericks, AKA Kev on stage, who is an actor, stand-up comedian, entrepreneur, a podcast developer, host, and filmmaker. Kev literally kills it. Uh, I think that he worked with Will Smith last year. I am incredibly jealous of his career often, incredibly jealous of his relationship and his wife often. She's so stunning and so cool. They're the coolest couple, which is why, again, they're on the show. Uh, Kev is part of a generation of comedians who gained fame online and has accumulated hundreds of millions, I think like a billion views on social media combined. He's currently on his third sold out national comedy tour and is a New York Times bestselling author with his book, Marriage Be Hard, that he co-authored with his wife, Melissa Fredericks, who you might know on the internet as Mrs. Kev on stage. Melissa, also a New York Times bestselling author, please put some respect on the name, is the host of the Love Hour podcast and is best known for her betterment campaigns and advocacy for self-love. Also, hundreds of millions of views online. Always doing fabulous things. My favorite Kev and Melissa story is last year, I was in Beverly Hills for some reason and for no reason, I don't actually know what the reason was, but Melissa was being shocked and she was having a photo shoot looking so incredibly cool and luxurious and fabulous in Beverly Hills and she had this amazing team around her and a part of her team was her husband Kev he was off to the side like cheering her on giving her verbal affirmations and I happened just to walk by and see them and when I see them to this day I think of that image and I hope to keep it with you as you listen to this um, episode all right, so together, Melissa and Kevin provide a hilarious and fresh masterclass on what it takes to build and maintain a healthy and lasting relationship. And in this interview, they give us the pay-per-view version of that class. It's actually not that explicit. It's kind of more like Showtime after dark version of that class. <laughs> Friends, I feel like you set me up. Why? Why? Because I gave you a softball topic. I'm like, we could talk about not nagging in a marriage. Oh. And then oh. you're like, let's talk about sex. Let's talk I about mean, sex. If we come and talk a shame booty, we got to talk There's about There's only one topic to be talked about. But you know that in marriage be hard, the chapter sex be hard. Correct. You left so many blanks. <laughs> what happened in Europe? What's on this list? 
Oh, the uh, the stoplight, the, the stoplight lid. I have to gear. ask all the unholy questions. <laughs> We're with it, low key. Listen, that's the international list. That's not even the regular vacation list. That's the, the international waters list. That's worse than the Vegas list. It, gets, it goes crazy. Interna- nothing counts internationally. You can do almost anything. Well, <laughs> can I ask about the list? Go ahead, Kev. Let's see so, where you're gonna take it first. <laughs> Well, let's let's start with just for people who don't know what the list is. Yes. Uh, in our book, we talk about how to people always ask us how to get spicy in the marriage and and also how to get two different people who are di- different planes on the same page sexually, how to you so you're not bored and stuff like that. So a little background. Um, I was not a virgin when I was married to my lovely wife. Uh, she was purity culture one was, with was, her. Was. It lost with me. I made sure it lost when I was 16. Hilarious. So our list was, you know, how do you how do we do something different? We was just having, you know, missionary and reverse missionary, doggy style, <laughs> right? It was just them two. We was running that back for the first couple of years, which was fine. But you know, after a couple of years, we're like, we want to do a little bit more things. So red is like, we not doing stuff like that, right? Butt stuff. Red was butt stuff. Yellow, I'm throwing stuff out. I'm seeing what could we do, right? Could we have sex outside? I'm thinking, is that going to be red or yellow? She's like, yellow in America, green in Europe. Oh, my gosh. We're open. This is, this is open. So uh, on, on an occasion or two, uh, we've, we've made sweet love under the stars. Actually, quick story. I think this is in the book, too. We actually had sex in the church van when we were... Uh, in the church van? In the church van. You're, you, I don't know if we put this in the book or not. I don't know, but now it's out there. It's out there now. <laughs> I can't remember. We were going back and forth. We ran. I was a youth pastor, and we took the kids. We brought the kids here to L.A. And on one day, we I was running to Walmart to get snacks and stuff for them. And it was just me and her. And I was like, let's have sex in here before we go back. Because we couldn't get no private time. Because she was in the room with some girls. I was in the room with is guys. Is it a community van or you have a specific van at your house? Which no, is like, no. It was it the was church's the van. the church's van. It had the name of the church on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally the name of the church. We parked it in a little dark corner in a Walmart in uh, West Covina. And uh, we made sweet love. Or was it rush sex because it was church van sex? It was definitely rush and it was definitely, uh, well, yeah, I remember. It was rush. So it didn't go through like the play. It was, it's been a minute now. Uh, and it was uncomfortable because the seats. Yeah, you know, after you a certain age. You can't lean the seats back good in a van. Or certain knee stuff. Cars are out. Yeah. Once you have houses, cars lose all of the allure. Oh, yeah. that's. It's just not, and I'm six foot, six one, yeah, and I'm a bigger person. It's just never as comfortable. So it was just rush. Kind of like to say we did it type of thing. We didn't go through our full pregame workout. You know, we didn't go through our full playbook. We just did it to say we did it. You know? Hilarious. Same thing with outside. It was like, which was cool. I ain't tripping. It was just like, ah, we did that. Remember that one time we was outside. Stuff where I feel like, oh, someone can come. I'd I be in my head too much. It'd be, it'd be too much. But then when you're out of town, don't nobody care. You're in Europe. <laughs> nobody cares. You're on a cruise. Nobody cares. <laughs> Somebody probably cared. I, I don't care that they care. I like watching. I like watch people have sex. I like to be watched. I remember once I was at this party and there was a couple who were like getting like, they yeah. weren't full blown having sex thing. They were fingering each other or whatever. But I was watching them and I was like, this is really hot. And then this other older gentleman was also watching them. Oh. And it was awkward because he kept making eye contact with me oh, to yeah. be like, we're both having this moment. I'm yeah. like, we're not in we're this not. together. Yeah, we're not it's in me this. And them. And you and you and them, not me and you. Wow! But people care. I think people. Oh. Does the idea of being watched excite you? No, that's uncomfortable for me. I can't believe you said that out loud. We are that. I, listen, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm not like that crazy. I think at the end of the day, I'm still a church kid. The idea of somebody seeing us was like part of the danger. But like, had I saw someone. I would be like, oh, oh, stop, stop. No, you, you know what I mean? Like, it <laughs> no. was outside, but a sneak outside. It ain't like somebody's walking by or you hear like a rustle in the bushes. I'm out. I don't. Are I'm, you really out, Kev? I feel like you wouldn't care. No, I wouldn't be out. Because <laughs> one, we, okay, we, we were having sex in New York and we had, we had got a, it was, we went on a trip. We had like a Florida ceiling windows. We were having sex in the middle of the day. 
And you know, in New York, there's like a lot of other building. There's a lot of oh, other buildings with buildings. like stuff. So I was like, Liz, because she was she initiated. I'm like, Liz, people. She was like, Oh no, you want to be crazy? You want to be crazy? Because now, you when could, we're out of town, I don't care. Yeah, but you could see like there's somebody over there like at a desk, <laughs> and these are not tinted <laughs> windows. So I was caught off guard, and she was like, No, let's let you want to be out here, be out here. I was like, That's dark time. <laughs> this it was like two o'clock. My, I'm naked. They, That's what I blood. read where my yellows and reds turn green. You know? So, so much I, of our life is It's like, so regimented. Dog, I was just thinking about this the other day. In order to make our day and still get our kids to school on time, we have to be out of the house by like 6.15. So morning sex, the window is like... And I'm a morning sex person. Yeah, so that's negligible. And it's like, I get home, shower, take my son to school. He's 30 minutes away. She makes breakfast, takes the other son to school... His school's 15 minutes away. By the time we get home, she's in the shower getting makeup then or get her makeup for a shoot or whatever. And then you have like an hour and a half, two hour window. And it feels like do a couple of things, a meeting or two. And then now you got to go pick up one kid. You got to get a good spot in the parent line because their kids, are, if you don't get a good spot, it could take literally 30 minutes to pick them up. So you got to leave earlier to get the good spot. Next thing you know, it feels like you're just dropping kids off, picking them up. And that's your whole thing. Next thing you know, you get home from there. Uh, we don't have one homework that we off that, but it's like <laughs> soccer practice. I want to stay late for for college prep, so so much of the day is that, and the vacation wipes all that away. I'd be excited. but vacations are here and there, so you're really fighting those regular days. There's so much routine uh, wrapped up in your day. Are you guys morning sex by circumstance or by choice? I prefer morning sex because I'm not tired. In the beginning of the day, I haven't done all the things on my to-do list, so it's easier for once my I'm a I be in my mind. She I be in my mind too much. Okay, <laughs> so once the day has started and now I have like all these things running through my mind, it's hard for my system, okay, to like activate. Okay, let's just go back. Let's go back. I don't know. I don't know how we we jump right in with Shan. <laughs> Two feet in. Two feet in. Sex be hard. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about the concept you guys talked about in that chapter where, Kevin, you said this really beautifully. You're going to go through all these transitions and phases. Mm -hmm. And it's almost accepting that you're going to go through sex slumps. But yeah. the hard thing about a sex slump is you're like, I don't know if I'm going to swing back up. So yeah. it's like you can have hindsight bias and say once you're out of the slump, you know mm -hmm. what? It wasn't that bad. But mm -hmm. when you're in, it can be really challenging. So for you guys, what... What characterizes sex being difficult in a marriage? And how do you think that you found the secret sauce to overcome that challenge? Oh, what a great question. Oh, good. You are good at this. Thanks, friends. Um, <laughs> you guys are parents for real. We really great are. Job. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go first? No, go ahead. Okay, so I'll just speak to what helped me, right? Well, I'll speak to what hurt me and then what helped me. What hurt me is going into marriage with, you know, we're Christians and, uh, uh, what you were sold, I would say, just hold on. Once you get married, you unlock all this crazy stuff. The marriage bed's undefiled. So I grew up, I was watching. What does that mean? I'm marriage bed's undefiled? Yeah. It means you can be a freak. You could be a freak. Really? Yes. All bets are off? All bets are off. Not really. Yeah, that's They true. say all bets are off. They still be a little what bit about of rules. But stuff? But stuff's off. No, that's it's speciality. Well, oh, well. Marriage, okay. I have a different perspective today. Marriage, be, marriage bed is undefiled, in theory, means all bets are off, as long as you both are there. Correct. However, in most churches, the churches we grew up in, there was a limit to that. That's true. Right? So what we have found is... They talk about that? They don't talk about it. It's kind of wink, wink. Like in marriage uh, stuff. I mean, listen, we're in these marriage conferences and stuff. They ain't talking about nothing crazy. You ain't talking about watching sex. It's like, well, you ain't watching no porn. That's out. Porn. And that's out. That's out. Porn's out. That's on the red list. That's that's considered adultery because what you get in your mind and your eyes yeah. is considered adultery. Butt stuff borderlines bestiality. I've even heard church missionaries say oral sex is out because if oral. God wanted me to put that in my mouth, He wouldn't give me teeth. And I'm like, you put all kinds of things in your mouth that you don't need teeth for. Soup, <laughs> ice cream, like that's a terrible analogy. So, but what ends up happening a lot of times is people impress their views on you as Bible, as law, right? So when I went into my marriage, I'm like, everything's going to be happening. I'm going to be doing this and doing that. And I didn't really consider the partner that I was going to be married, right? Melissa was a church girl. She was very conservative. I wasn't considering that. In my mind, because I was sold, once we get married, you turn into a freak. How you do that is up to you. I don't have to do nothing. 
I do kiss, kiss, and let's go straight to whatever we want to do. What I found is in an actual practical marriage, it's like eating out, right? Or eating, period. Some days you're going to feel like home-cooked meal. It's going to be amazing. Some days you're going to go to a steakhouse or a Nobu. It's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing I ever had. And some days you're just going to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you're hungry. And, you know, you ain't like, oh, this ain't the world's best peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it's satisfying. <laughs> and that's sex. Like, sometimes sex is like, oh, we, we're on vacation or the kids are at my parents' house or her parents' house. We're doing all this crazy stuff. Some days it's like we've both been busy. It's been five, six days. I know this is important to you, but all I got is a hand job in me today. And I'm like, I'll take a hand job. I'll take a hand job. Hand job ain't never hurt nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, this feels like a good time to pause things to tell you all about the sponsor of this episode, Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance. And if you're thinking to yourself, Shan, we were just talking about hand jobs. How is now a good time to discuss planning for death? Well, that's because technically there never is a good time, but because this conversation is so incredibly important, there's never a bad time either. So Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance provides valuable whole life insurance protection to help cover your final expenses. It can help with costly and unexpected expenses like burial costs, medical bills, and unpaid debts. It is so, so important to protect your family from the financial burden of final expenses. And you can do so easily by visiting GerberLifeFamily.com to start learning more for you or take the initiative and do this for a loved one. So no doubt you have heard of Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, but you may have not thought to act on it immediately. And here is why you probably should. So if you or someone is between 50 and 80 years old, or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed with this policy, regardless of your health history. So there are no medical exams to complete or lengthy health questionnaires to fill out. And premiums, this is so important, do not increase over time. The amount you pay when your coverage begins is the amount that you're gonna pay throughout the entire duration of your policy. So all you have to do is go to GerberLifeFamily.com. You answer four easy questions and then you get a free personalized quote right away. That is peace of mind in four easy, easy steps. So see the website for terms and restrictions and you can see the show notes for easy access to the link and again to peace of mind. And speaking of peace, let's get a slice of Melissa and Kev's sex life. I don't know where I was going with that. Let's just get back to the interview. Great sex for me is there's so many ways, honestly, and I'm not even like capping or gassing you. I never, I feel too old to say capping, and I'm not from Atlanta. I feel the exact same way. I can't okay. cap. Doesn't uh, yeah. come out right. But uh, when you said it, it, it did. Work. It worked. Just did it work? Yeah. It was believable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm not even capping. Cut dead homies. Um, too much. Too much. I enjoy since my mindset mindset has shifted. I enjoy all types of sex, whatever it is. Vacation sex, I'll say what makes for great sex for me is the openness of Melissa, right? Where, whether we're on vacation or two mojitos in, maybe three, maybe four. Um, <laughs> we're never going to get drunk, though, because we too old for hangovers young, and throwing up. Young people's uh, That is a great experience for me. But I found that I, I, I can't, I don't, and I'm not even like, I'm really trying to think and be honest. I don't feel like I have a lot of bad sex experience. I enjoy sex with my wife and I have enough to satisfy a healthy young man. So I'm never like, oh, that was bad. This happened, used to happen early in our marriage uh, before we talked about it. Feeling like uh, a thing on the to-do list, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, you know, cook dinner, clean the d- dishes, sweep and jack him off and then I can go to bed. And feeling like, wait, put me before those uh, <laughs> things, you know? <laughs> Feeling like okay, uh, so it's not uh, being on the list. Being, it's the order. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> being on the list is fine, but when you're the last on the list, you have enough energy. I'm you know trying to give you first position in the morning. Yeah, I, you got to tap me. I don't be knowing she's awake. It, it's dark. You got to. Hey, this is one of those days. I literally get up every time you get up. Awake and awake for sex is two different awakes. No, that's true. So let me know when, because <laughs> there's nothing worse than going in for a morning sex. It ain't there. And now you're hard for no reason. You got to go pee. Now I got to pee in the backyard. And the dog's like, this is what I do. And like, we both out here today because I've misjudged this morning. Are men's erections really that cumbersome? I'd be trying to figure it out. I wish you could both have an erection that you didn't want and you can't get it to go down so you can feel. Imagine this microphone in your pants and just like, 
Well, oh well, we got boobs. I'm, I'm I guess we have a consideration. In the way, they're a constant consideration, but I don't complain about them all the time. I'm not complaining all the time. I'm just saying, it, my meat ain't hard. It's not cumbersome. When it is hard, <laughs> it's cumbersome. That's when it's in the way for real. Well, just let it go down in its own time. Just they be feeling like so long. <laughs> It be feeling so it's so a patience thing. It's a patience thing. It's a patience it thing. It knows what it wants, and I know what it wants, and I want it to. I think that's what it is. Because men act like, oh, man, oh, man. I'm going to get an erection. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I asked uh, my husband, what was, what's the best sex in your mind that we've had before? And it was interesting because our experiences were so different. Um. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe that that was like, amazing for you. So... Doesn't have to be over your entire marriage, but what's like a memory you've had of great sex of late? Oh, it was New York when we were at the. I was gonna say that. <laughs> really, you're in sync with that. That there was a great weekend. It was. It was. We just went. I think we went to see Kevin Hart and Chris Rock. Yep. We had no meetings. Like we made sure we there was nothing to do. Nothing. And that's rare for us. We mm-hmm. always have to check in something or upload something or make. Sure. There was no big launch, so it was like. You want to have sex and then take a nap? Or do you want to take a nap and then have sex? We'd eat breakfast. We'd stay up late, wake up early. Yeah. We were, it was just free flowing. It felt like a honeymoon, you know? And it was like, this is a great time. Then we went out and had, you know, explore the city. We were also doing fun things together. Yeah. And I think that might be part of the reason. Like we randomly yes. uh, rented some city bikes, yeah. those little, and we looked through the little binoculars across the New Jersey. We, it was the whole weekend. It was the whole weekend of just freedom. I think, and openness. We was having sex all over that hotel room because I had got a ridiculously big hotel room. And I always think that's dumb. It was on the t- We tried to have sex on the table. It was entirely too hard. We both agreed. <laughs> Couch is much more comfortable. Table was dope and it would have been like, oh, man, we had sex on that table. It was a big table, but it was like concrete. It was just, it was no gift. But it was great. Maximize vacations. Yeah. I'll tell you one more thing that's great for me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The evolved version of my wife has more control and more demands than the first version of my wife, which was uh, when we were in church one time, the, one of the ladies in church was like, you should just lay down and be nice if you don't want to. Because somebody asked, what if you want, don't want to have sex with your husband? What do you do? Melissa said, like, well, I was like, oh, I guess that's what you do. So she did that. This version of Melissa has her own thoughts. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I have this idea for what we're going to do sex. And she's like, no, you do this now. Stop. I want this, mm. not you today, just me. And I'm like, I love this. Also tie me up and put that ball thing in my mouth and smack me with that flogger, right? I, I enjoy this, this uh, powerful person that's emerging. Because we talked about this before, and I think in the book, the person I dated was very powerful, right? She wasn't even low-key trying to be my girlfriend in that way. Like, she was like, I got my own thing going on. When we got married, she like, well, this is what a woman does. And this is how she is. And this this version that I'm married to now is more like the first version that I fell in love with who had her own thoughts and ideas. And I, so when that person comes into the bedroom, even if it's telling me, stop, you don't, you don't finish yet. Wait. I'm like, I like this. <laughs> How does it feel to hear that? Um, it's empowering and like reassuring because uh, it's not always who I am. And to be completely honest, the the Proverbs thirty one woman image that I have in my mind is contrary to that, mm. and so I often have to like reconcile those two things. So even when you're hearing it, is that? part of you saying like yeah yeah yeah. there's like a voice that's like oh girl that's too much and now like the world knows like you can't be doing all that like you guys that like bring that in because that's not like ladylike you know so I have to like that's part of the process for me of you know being able to reconcile have those conversations tell that voice to shut up and sit down somewhere like I have to do like I have to actively do that um because my uh Kev always says coding but like the coding so to speak of how I was brought up is contrary to that and so I'm constantly like fighting against it well even though I don't have the same Christian coding as you guys do I went to a Catholic school but really just because it was across the street Mm -hmm. nobody was really yeah yeah (laughs) that school girl's convenient yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's right there but I empathize with the coding of 
the man's orgasm is what's important. Sex starts with a hard penis and ends yes. with a soft penis. Yes. Like and whatever happens in between then, sure good enough. luck to you. Yes. Um, but the more that I've spoken to men about sex, the more that I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised, that for them, the best sexual experiences are when the women, mm -hmm. their female partner enjoys it. Mm -hmm. And moreover, when they're empowered and sure. when they're asking for what they want, which is so different from what we've been conditioned to yeah. believe. Which is why I think I always considered myself a passive participant in it, because I didn't have a need um, that was considered to be met. It was all about his. And I think over the years with, um, you know, just learning different things, podcasts, all of these things, I've been able to like articulate those things and then have that discussion with him. I think it's such an important thing because yeah, people are like communicate, but you're like, how do I put words to something that I can't even understand exactly. myself? <laughs> exactly. Or I've never even heard that word before. Listen to yeah. me. Like I literally don't even, I feel like something's wrong, but I don't even know how to tell you or express like, this is what I'm, I don't even know. Um, it's part of the thing that I really love about podcasts. I say this all the time, is it allows people to hear and put words to their feelings. So I could say something, they're like, that's exactly what it is. And that's my favorite part of this whole journey because I know podcasts and books that I've read or I've listened to where they've put those words to my feelings. And then I'm able to send him like, listen to from here to here. Because <laughs> that's me. It's already pre. You know how yeah. you can send a link with it to yeah. start wherever? She'll do that. Just hit play. Yeah, just hit play. Listen for about five minutes. That part right there, that's me. That's what I've been trying to tell you. And that works for you, Kev? It works for me. I feel like um, it, had we had a little bit more life experience, we might at least have known more about ourselves. But we had to learn it all together, which is an interesting way to do life. Like we are growing as people and married at the same time. You know, so sometimes those paths cross. Sometimes they're going different directions. Well, this is especially true for you, Melissa, because you've only had Kev as your partner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay, good. If yeah, you would have said, I don't have no one, <laughs> no, I would be no, no, like, no. Shan, how no, did you get no, that no. out of her? Well, that That's means true. that he's both your best and worst sexual partner. Oh. And arguably for you, because you were younger, right? Mm -hmm. This could be your best. You've had your best sex and your worst sex within this relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that, because even when you're talking about the Nobu and the jelly sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> put some respect in the peanut. <laughs> um, it has to be there. I actually think what's interesting about long-term partnered sex is the definition of good sex is really broad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, like you guys are describing the church fan sex story. That could have actually been really shitty sex. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting story yeah. and that makes the sex good. Yes. yes. And sometimes your best orgasm happens under conditions that are not your sure. favorite. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your favorite conditions, the actual sex itself was mediocre. Sure. So you have to learn to redefine what good this. sex is. Mm -hmm. I it's, love that. I, I always do sports analogies in all of our podcasts. Yeah, and Kevin Melissa makes sports, Kevin analogies. sports analogies. They make fun of me. But in football, they always say, take what the defense gives you. Right. So it's like you may have planned to throw this deep ball, but that guy might be covered. So the, the, the running backs available in the flat. Take that because trying to force it to that guy, it's going to be bad. And I think earlier I was just forcing what I wanted to happen. Force, force, force. And as I've aged, I'm like, this is what we're getting tonight. Appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I think that has allowed it to be better, even when it could have been bad. It's it's how it's framed and how you see it as opposed to like how it actually is. You know, so it's been better that way, I think. I have a run of questions that are actually like important and pertinent, but I got to go on a side read right here. Okay. Because let me ask a question, Melissa. Sometimes you give a hand job if you're not in the mood to have sex mm -hmm. and he's horny and you're like, I'm going to do this for you. Sure. Do you get the reverse? No. <laughs> Can I tell you guys that Jared had a vasectomy uh -huh. two days ago and I was like, Can I just get eaten out tonight? I'm like, This is my night. <laughs> you're a munch. <laughs> and so I'm like, my This night. is my night. And so he does it, does a great job. Everything's amazing. I had just one of those experiences that I let myself go all the way to get yeah. tired. Yeah. It's so like, I don't want to do anything else. And then I'm on my back, happy in my own little world. He t picks up my hand and moves it on his penis. And I was like, today? <laughs> and then I had to give the weirdest oral sex session to this man who had just major surgery occur on his penis. Oh, that's so fun. Wait, you could do it that soon? I did, apparently. <laughs> it's already happened. So it's whether I should have or not is unrelated. He it's found unrelated. a way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that is hysterical. No, I, I, be, be, listen, I'm telling y'all my business, girl. If I'm tired, I'm tired. So it'd be, 
I'm out. Sorry, I'm out. But can't there be a day where he's, you know what I mean? Like where you I, just want it. Yes. Does it always have to go back? But it'll always go back to him. There has been at least two and a half times <laughs> in 18 years of marriage. And they was tough because I remember it was June 16th, Shut up with 2011. That Anytime gives, Kevin gives a specific date, he's lying. <laughs> she has asked for that. Uh, I tried my best he to oblige. Don't. I tried my best. I think I might have done it once or you twice. You were lying. A list, for real. You on here lying on your podcast, Shan. <laughs> At least lying. once or twice. Lying. With the best of intentions. Why? Why? Why, man? The meat be hard, Shan. Hard as this. Well, just Mike. live with your thoughts. Enjoy that. <laughs> it, I, <laughs> live with your thoughts, Kevin. You can feel your thoughts. Hello? When you turn over, you lay down the meat, hit the Hello? side of the bed like, hey, we got nothing today. You got nothing, man. I did That's my best. That's part of the erotic story. How? Because I was so turned on by giving her pleasure, and then we went to sleep. That, I'm with this storyline. That's a very erotic story. I'm with this storyline. You are the authors. Correct. In this scenario. The readers hate this Just book. Just putting it out there, because I think sometimes <laughs> men think that, like, oh, I'm excited. They're going to want. No. Sometimes it's nice just to be serviced and then go to sleep. Or get up and go to the gym. Start your day a little earlier. I'm with this. I, I, I pledge to you some of these moments here. You got you got a, a coupon. We'll book. be back. We'll be back for part two. <laughs> <laughs> Rebook us in a year or seven. Let me get some or of these. Seven. Let me get a couple of these in. <laughs> All right. So can I ask what constitutes great sex in your marriage? Ooh. The elements for me include, okay. You have to be on vacation. I'm sorry, you guys. It's just my thing, okay? Or it has to be like a real chill day, one of the two. Where I don't have to worry about like cleaning up kids. I don't have to worry about all the things. Okay. Um, and middle of the day, I like windows open personally. That's why I'd be liking vacation because you can have all the windows open. <laughs> middle of the day, windows open, and I need like a full on, like I want a full on beginning, middle, end. I need to have time. For all of the situations. You could only do that on vacation. <laughs> our life, our calendar life is just way too regimented for what I'd be really wanting. But that is a great, like, great sexual experience. You guys are uh, ahead of me because I've got two kids, but they're young. One's mm -hmm. two months old right now. I've greeted you guys with breast milk on my shirt. Yes. So that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> and because they're such a huge part of my life, it feels like I've got to find great sex with them, mm -hmm. not apart from them. Yes. Like there's not even like vacation opportunities. We're going away to Columbia. They have to come, mm -hmm. right? So do, does that like, let me have, figure out how I'm gonna ask this question. Do you get turned on by the parenting version of each other? Does that element of you, like it seems like our best sex happens when we can separate ourselves from parenting. But can parenting actually help to make sex better because you fall in love with your partner in a different way or you're turned on in different ways? Oh, I love this question. It's, it's not question. something that I've considered. Me neither. Okay, so for me, okay, personally, <laughs> nah, uh, the idea of a dad is not something that I'm just like, oh, look how you handle No, it doesn't work that way for me. Uh, because it just, my brain is just not wired that way. Also, I think because I separate the two. Like. Say more. What do you mean? Like you as a dad and what you do there is not something that I can. I, it's my, I don't know. My answer is just no. That's all I have to say. I don't know how to explain it yet. I have words in my mind, but I don't know how to explain it coherently. So for me, no. But I will say this. What I loved about your question, though, is um, essentially ensuring that um, the connection of you and your husband is always present, regardless of the age of your children. And I think because we were so young, and to be honest, we really didn't know. We just didn't have the education that we do now that it wasn't something that we considered then. So you kind of like all in yourself, so to speak, into parenting, that the role of mother and father becomes all consuming, that you that the connection of husband and wife sometimes gets lost. Yes. Um, and that's what I heard in your question. And I think that's really important. Like that's like 
really actually advice I would give to either newlyweds or a couple that has really young children is to make sure that while your children are important, obviously, just making sure that the connection of husband and wife is always there and present. And if, you know, if it if it's by like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see you as a father. And that's like, like lean into that feeling so you don't lose that connection, because otherwise you, you know, your kids will get old because they do time happens and they're 10 years old and you have more flexibility, but you didn't maintain that connection as husband and wife. And now you're strangers. When you've gone through sexual slumps, have you noticed that it correlated with something that was happening in the childcare world? They, for me, it's typically, so I'm going to answer that by yes and. It's usually transitions. So anytime we're going through some sort of transition and I feel like we're just missing each other, we're just not on the same page in that transition, that break for me, because that's important, that type of like connection and intimacy is important for me sexually, like it lends itself sexually for me. Um, so when that break is there, then it then it's going to lead to a slump. What I'm kind of hearing when we're talking about all of this is sometimes we think about sex and marriage as this compartmentalized thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's a separate thing on the to do. But it feels like it's more pluralistic. Like it has to integrate with your spiritual beliefs. It has to integrate with your schedule. It has to integrate with the different phases of life. And I think the more you're able to recognize that going in, I think the easier it'll be to navigate because you won't be so hard on yourself. I think because we watch um, a lot of movies and it seems so spontaneous and natural mm. and it needs to have all of this things. And sometimes it is that, you know, sometimes it is that. But for a lot of us, and I know especially for us, our our week is very we have a calendar like there are things that we have to do on Tuesdays Wednesdays typically look a certain way Mondays typically look a certain way and so being able to understand that um sex is something that has to be fully integrated into your life hello sorry Who is it? I don't know I think it says they order something to eat did you let him in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Shan. No, uh, this is good. Because they yeah. cannot get into the house. And yeah, then just, they won't. Listen, it's a part of the answer. They're yeah. just going to call us. Really we're talking life. about sex and we're doing life. Yeah. No. He just was like, you let the food in. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they don't ask for much. No, but Isaiah's going to order that food. when that food is coming through the gate, please, <laughs> no, the chicken gonna, nuggets are, they're stuck. He's going to order that food. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. Um, And I don't have my phone, so. Um, so yeah, I think being able to understand that number one, it's normal. Okay. That's the first thing. If you could like take out the fact that you feel abnormal because adding that pressure that you're the only unique couple going through and navigating mm. life and sex is in a slum night and well, how do I, da, 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 it, for, it's common. It's normal. If you could take that pressure off of yourself, then I think it'll allow you to like find solutions and figure out what works for you. That's actually that's the work. The work. I think about sex in cycles, menstrual cycles. Hello. Um, some menstrual cycles, you've had an amazing experience. You guys have been having a lot of sex, vacation or otherwise. Some, it's just like we is beefing. Um, we're traveling. We're not connecting, grieving, whatever that is. And this, this cycle, we just couldn't get. And then that cycle comes and it's like a clean slate. I don't want you to use menstrual cycles, but it's fine with that. <laughs> yeah. so like, I gave you some time. Yeah, I did. I thought but, it would work out. Yeah, but it just didn't work for me because you don't know how that <laughs> works. So I'm just I'm so not confused. I'm talking about the actual thing. I'm talking about the time in between. Maybe it's like this process of getting an erect penis. There we go. I knew we would come just back. Just something to you this. could resonate with. I knew we would come back to this eventually. But I think um, for, uh, for me, I think taking a lot of the pressure out of it, of it having to be one way and and it having to be so often, right? And this experience having to end one way. I think for, just for me, I'm not speaking for Melissa. If she didn't have an orgasm, I did a bad job personally. And whether I had one or not, I felt like I failed her, right? It took for her to be like, you, she gave the greatest analogy ever. You don't have to eat all your food for the food to be good. Mm -hmm. You can leave some and be like, this was fantastic. I just couldn't finish it. She was like, yeah, I have enough orgasm. I'm not tripping. And it felt like, and I don't know if this society or my own personal competition or whatever, I felt like I had to, had to, had to. And then that just puts a lot of pressure on that. Where it's like, did you, did you? Oh, you did. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I think a lot of it for me was just taking off 
my mind about what it has to be. What I love about this conversation in general is that a lot of people lust for the early days of their relationship. They lust for the early sex that sparked that magic. But it feels like for you guys, the evolution, the ability to communicate, the language that you've learned, all of that has actually made sex better. And if anything, the early sex is the one that you're like, please, let's never go back there. Yeah, that, You know what? That 100%. Is very true. As we've learned more about each other, I learned about her, I've learned about myself. As I've let some of the stuff go, and go, it's been much better. Early, it was, it was preconceived notions, what I thought a man should be, what I saw in movies, and we just have more knowledge than we had early on. We were early on, we was just playing with blocks. You know, now we got PhD in each other. You know what I'm saying? But still, also learning, right? And I think that's the key: is like we are expecting each other to always be learning and changing. But I would think that, too, that a lot of people have dread for sex in the future, the thought and fear around how it's going to evolve, because we don't think about old age and sex as being mm -hmm. silky. So <laughs> with the tools that you guys have, I would imagine that you look forward to your future sex selves. With the kids gone, there's more vacation. Kids is gone. They ain't in the house. You ain't got to cook for them. You ain't got to pick them up. Even kids learn to drive. There's more opportunities, and they they are gone more and more. Melissa used the term vacation sex. It doesn't just mean being on vacation. Right. It means true. the feeling of freedom. And as our kids are both in high school, they got their own ideas about life. They both have football games or soccer games. There's a lot more vacation happening. Vacation just means, you know, like freedom in our relationship. But that happens more and more as you age. I mean, our kids go in their room, and as long as the Wi-Fi's on and the power's on, they are chilling. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes vacation is y'all ain't heard mom and dad and we ain't heard y'all. We'll see y'all when dinner comes. <laughs> uh, we already came. I definitely think hey, that I got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you get it, Shane? Did you guys get it? Did you get it? Personally? There was nothing more wifey than that moment. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> Listen, you need to go and get Melissa and Kev's book, Marriage Be Hard. You need to. It is for couples. It is for people who aspire to be in long-term coupledom. It's for nosy people who want to hear the ins and outs and the gems of what it takes to make a long-term love last like Melissa and Kev's. So go to the show notes, click the link, go get yourself a copy. If like me, you really enjoy their voice and you love talking to them, the good news is it's also on Audible and it is read by Melissa and Kevin. If you don't know this, I work with Audible really frequently on YouTube. You can actually get this audiobook for free if you're not an Audible member. All you got to do is go to audible.com slash shanbooty, and then you get a 30-day free, no-strings-attached membership to Audible, and that allows you to get one audiobook for free. Feel free to use that free free on your copy of Melissa and Kevy's. I don't really know him that well to call him Kevy. I'm just doing it because it rhymed with free free. Um, audiobook, Marriage Be Hard. New York Times bestselling book, Marriage Be Hard. That's the thing I hope to say one day for myself. So I make sure I really underscore that for other people who've accomplished that because it's a huge, huge, huge milestone. Speaking of huge, 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 I am leaving in a few hours to go to Colombia for a work trip, which I'm bringing my entire family to for an entire month. And it is a huge undertaking that I am both excited and overwhelmed by because I don't know how much work is going to be required of me, uh, but I do know that I'm really excited about the project, and I'm hoping to bring you all along and to include some moments of Colombia, possibly a guest from Colombia, over the next coming weeks, but I also don't know if that's possible. So that to be said, you might know if you listen to the podcast that this is the time that I usually bring on a personal guest to reflect on the topic at hand. And it would be perfect in this case to bring on my husband, Jared, to talk about sex being hard and entering into the seventh year of our relationship. And what does that mean? And how has passion shifted and changed? And what do we think about our sex life? And all those questions that I deeply encourage you to take back to your own lovers and friends group. But I just don't have the time this week. And as you know, from timing wise, we are already days late on delivering this episode. So I wanna say, that I am joyfully entering into my season of less. And this is difficult for an overachiever to do, but I'm proud of myself for doing less and saying no a lot more because I'm so tired of being chaotic. 
Now, during pregnancy, I talked a lot about how difficult that time was for me because I was constantly sick and tired and just overwhelmed. And a lot of people were like, you're going to lust for this time again. Like, you think it's hard now, wait till you have the second baby. And while I don't think that's true, because there is nothing worse than not feeling good. There is no amount of work or to-do lists or ain't no mountain high enough that I'm going to say that mountain is more high than it was when I was at my lowest. Did that work? I'm not sure. But what I mean by that is I'm grateful to feel good. I'm grateful to be in my body. And yes, there are challenges with two kids, but it is not as fucking hard as being pregnant. However, I am struggling to find my flow. And as a result, I had to unenroll from school this semester, unenroll. I had to drop a couple of classes because I just couldn't hack it. And I have to dial back on the podcast a little bit in terms of production quality or the amount of work that I do because I find that I'm just not able to hack it right now. And I turned down a couple of really lucrative jobs because I just was like, I can't hack it. And I'm proud to tell you that. I'm not complaining. I'm actually saying like, wow, look at me. As an overachiever, you know, saying no in order to feel better about my yeses is a really big deal. And I just wanted to brag on myself for a moment there and say, if you have noticed that this podcast is a little late, I'm definitely working on that. And if you notice in the coming weeks, especially while I'm away, it's a little bit less meaty than you're used to. Um, I hope you understand why. I hope you also enjoyed the fact that I'm making interviews a little bit longer to give you some more meat. And we are definitely securing some bomb ass interviews, mostly thanks to those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast. For example, because of the people who have rated and reviewed and made this podcast trending, because that's a big thing for like how you get on charts, we were able to secure Jesse Reyes as a guest next week. So look forward to that. Look forward to possibly pieces of Colombia in the midst of the podcast. I leave again, like I mentioned, in a few hours. So I should go pack. Um, but before I get out of here, I got to say thank you to you for being here. Till the end, too. Oh, you rock star. Have a bomb ass week. Bye. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end, I said.